0: hey how's it going zach here for another podcast before we jump in i want to say thank you for listening or for watching please feel free to rate or review this and share it on social media all of those things help me out a lot so let's dive into what we have today with a statement that says you are not enough you are not enough so often in scripture jesus redefines popular ideas about life. He redefines what it means to be blessed, what it means to be happy. Just read the beginning of Matthew chapter five, called the Beatitudes. Uh, he redefines holiness and goodness, and, and and what I what I want to think about today and maybe next week is that Jesus redefines and uh, redefines and reaffirms our, our our worth. He reframes everything about who we think we are and what we think we're worth. He reframes it, and I hate that what I'm about to say is true. But on a very spiritual and basic level, you are not enough. I'm not enough. No one is enough. And this means different things to different people. For some, it it means that you don't compare to others. You don't have the same stuff. You don't have the same gifts, the same talents. And so you're not enough in that way. Others, uh, their feelings of not enough come from failures. It comes from shame. It comes from guilt, mistakes, sin. Some have this feeling of worthlessness. Uh, as they try to fall asleep at night, even though everything seems to be working out really great for their life, they they just can't seem to find the peace that they need, the security that they need. And worthlessness looks like a million different things for different people. And that makes what Jesus did so much more special to me and to you, if you actually think about it. The rich young ruler in the Bible the perfect Pharisees that that are constantly questioning Jesus, the lowly, crippled, or sick people in in the Bible, the fishermen, the farmers, the laborers, the tax collectors, they all show up in Jesus' story, and, and in real spiritual terms, they're not enough. They're not enough. They don't compare to God's holiness. There's no way to get into the kingdom of God no matter where they are in their life, no matter what station they have in their life. And then, of course, Jesus shows up, and now all people have a real way to real worth, which means something pretty special for us. Jesus' presence in the lives of the people in the New Testament may have shattered the illusion of being good enough, but it also paved the way to having more than enough. Let me say that again. that Jesus showing up shattered the illusion of being good enough, but it also paved the way for having more than enough. He levels the playing field for people who have plenty and people who have none and says those things don't matter as much uh, as what you think they do, as much as what I matter to you. Oftentimes it's in these moments of clarity about our true value and worth, rather our worthlessness, that Jesus shows up to say, you don't have to be enough anymore. I will be enough for you. And that's something that I think everyone needs to learn for their lives. It's not just about you, but all about what Jesus did for you and what he wants to do through you now because of his grace and because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's freedom for all people in that knowledge. Your life can make more sense. You you can live with more purpose and you can make more lasting changes in your life and around your life when you realize that your worth only makes sense when Jesus is a part of your life. And if you're struggling with not filling up to the task of life, which I get, I just texted my wife yesterday that I just feel like I can't get enough done to be productive sometimes. But if you're struggling with life, being a productive human, being a good parent, being a good student, being an adult, then take time to step back and be okay with your weakness and learn to lean on his greatness and on his grace. If you think you have everything, you will never ask for anything including Jesus. Over the next few weeks, I want to pull out some worthless people in the Bible, and I want to look at scriptures and find some encouragement for our lives. Today, we're talking about the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19. This is not an in-depth Bible study, but but just a glimpse at one of the many things God is saying in this little piece of history back in uh, Judea in the first century. So, Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. And behold, a man came up to him, saying, "'Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life?' And he said to him, "'Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments.' He said to him, "'Which ones?' And Jesus said, "'You shall not murder, "'you shall not commit adultery, "'you shall not steal, "'you shall not bear false witness, "'honor your father and your mother, "'and you shall love your neighbor as yourself.' The young man said to him, all of these I have kept, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. It seems like in all of our lives that there's always that one thing, that, that, that always that one thing that seems to be going wrong, that, that always remind, reminds us that we're not enough, and that's sort of what we're talking about today. This rich man had everything, but there was that one thing that held him back from being perfect, that, that kept him in the same boat as someone who had less than him, and that again, that's what we're talking about today. To give you a little background, Jesus has been arguing with some religious leaders called Pharisees, and these were leaders... Uh, that did everything the right way. They knew scripture, and they often try to trap Jesus into saying something dumb on, like, a technicality or something. They want to trip him up. And just to make sure we're clear, it never, never works. Jesus always finds a way to sort of flip the script on them. And for these leaders, doing certain things, special ways, knowing scripture and obeying laws was their way to feel close to God, it was their way of measuring up to God's standards. And to be with God one day, to have eternal life, to be perfect, there were things that they had to do to earn it. They didn't really like Jesus because Jesus was saying some stuff that sort of undercuts their specialness and their, their connection to God. If this Jesus uh, is saying these things and they're true, then following all of these laws uh, it means that we're wasting our time. It means that 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 we're no holier than maybe uh, the lady of the night down the street. And so Jesus has a habit of calling out their hypocrisy because they knew scripture and they would say scripture, but they wouldn't live it out and their hearts were broken. And really, I think Jesus is hard on them because they knew scripture so well. They should have been the ones to recognize what Jesus was saying and doing the best, but they don't do that so often. I think that's maybe why Jesus calls them out so much. Anyways, a young man shows up, to Jesus sort of during this time. And from what we can know from Scripture, from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this would sort of be the kind of guy that you really want to be around. You want to know him. You want to hire him for your business. You want your daughter to marry this guy. He had wealth. He had authority. He seems like he is a decent man, obedient to the law. He hits all the marks for being like a holy, righteous, awesome Jewish dude uh, back in uh, the first century. And this guy wants to know And it seems pretty genuine. What else do I need to do to get eternal life? What thing am I missing from this process? What's the final piece of the puzzle? What's the key? I do all of this stuff just like I'm supposed to do. What's next? What do I need to do to be perfect, to have security like you're talking about? And Jesus sort of leads them along this process. Like you need to do this. You need to do this. Oh, you're doing it. That's great. Okay, one last thing. Give all your stuff away and follow me. And it says, the man went away sad. He had everything and even did everything, but he was still not enough, which sounds really weird because we are definitely talking about someone who has uh, substance and worth to their life in in worldly standards, but somehow he had everything and nothing all at once. I've heard this preached, um, this scripture preached multiple times, but what I want to focus on is the fact that this man, with all this stuff, And obeying all the rules was still not enough on his own. His question was one about eternity and about perfection and security. And I'll go ahead and tell you, in my life, I have not struggled with the feelings of worthlessness while having more than enough materially. But people do exist like that. They have everything, but it feels like nothing. And they get to Jesus, and Jesus sort of exposes their emptiness. And at at which point, uh, they they can let Jesus do what only Jesus can do, which is transformation or they can ignore it or fight it or push it aside. Even on top of the wealth of wealth and power, this guy also made all the right choices. He was a man of character and right action, and yet that still wasn't enough to get what he really wanted. And I don't think I've been in that position either to feel worthless, even though I've made all the right choices, because I definitely don't make all the right choices. This guy did, and Jesus still looks at him and says, that's not enough. And to be honest with you, I would be sad about this conversation Two, if this was Jesus' response to all the good things that I have done and all the good things that I have. He's so similar to us. The language that they spoke was different. The setting is different. But the life experience was the same. The the thing most people wanted at some point in their existence, uh, they've thought about it, you've thought about it, was to have security. And not just security for now, but security that lasts through the uncertainty of eternity. The uncertainty of eternity. For Jewish people, this eternity was a special connection to God. And even though atheism exists out in the world today, most people, the population, uh, most people are are open to being connected to something bigger than themselves. Most people have a religion or or a spiritual life in in the world. I I know it's really popular that atheism and, and, and agnostic are a thing that we deal with, but most people in the world are actually pretty open to spiritual experiences. And at some point, they will realize that stuff is not enough and good moral lives are not enough to break through uh, sort of the eternal security issues that we deal with. We can't have peace just because we're good people. Some people work so hard and they gain so much materially and they have so much power. And then Jesus shows up uh, on the scene in their lives and, and you really realize then, how can I compare to that? The stuff you have seems so worthless when that happens. Maybe it's not Jesus showing up in your life. Maybe sickness shows up and the authority that you have in your life is not enough to heal the people that you love the most. Maybe death shows up, maybe your death, or maybe someone else's death, and the money can't help you, the money can't bring them back. You're not enough to really get the security that you desire, that you hope for, that you long for, as hard as you might try. And that's the story of humanity, all of us. Whether we have a lot or whether we have little, um, we are in the same boat when it comes to having enough of the things we really want. And we can create cultures. We can create societies, ideas that make us feel good and give us sort of uh, feel-good feelings and values as a person. But when we take real inventory, we come up short across the board. No matter what we do, we are not enough to get what we really want at the deepest level of who we are. And I'm talking to anyone who feels like they're coming up short. Anyone across the board, if you feel like you're coming up short, This is for you. But hopefully I'm also talking to some people who are really blessed and hardworking, people who make the right choices, who have integrity and character, but somehow they still can't find peace. They still can't find security because Jesus is really talking to you in the story. The bank account says that you are enough, that you have enough. People praising your work ethic and your integrity, uh, that says that you're enough. But inside, you know you are walking away sad all the time. You have every blessing, But the one blessing that you need to help you sleep and to give you peace seems to be so far away. Jesus is saying, you can't earn your way into this thing. You can't earn peace. You can't earn eternity. You can't earn connecting to God and connecting to Jesus in a way that will help you. So what Jesus is saying is that it's time to rethink everything. You aren't enough, even though it looks like you have enough, but Jesus is enough. Some people in the story talk about the evil of wealth. I'm not doing that. I think most people know that wealth can create all kinds of problems, but wealth and hard work are blessings. They're blessings from God. So just be wise, be giving, and be thankful. What I am trying to say from the story is that you need to consider that what you have does not compare to what Jesus can give, and you can't buy it. You can't get that grace and mercy. Jesus wants to give it to you for free, and only then will what you have actually mean anything special. The minute you realize you're not enough is the minute the door is open for Jesus to transform your life. I just find the scripture so interesting. If this guy wasn't enough, this guy with authority and power and making the right choices, if he can't do it, if he can't get perfection, if he can't get security that he wants, then honestly, when I look at my life, what hope do I have? What hope do you have? Just a few verses later uh, in, in this scripture, Matthew 19, 25, and 26, uh, Jesus has a conversation with his disciples. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You know what makes a life of worth possible? God. Your impossible journey to get what you need, but you can't ever seem to get it. That impossible is why Jesus showed up in the first place. So no matter your life station, your life situation, the key to unlocking your real worth starts with Jesus and what he did. It starts with who he is. It starts with what he wants to do in your life. And it continues as we become more and more like Jesus every single day. Your worth is found in Jesus. Then after that, everything else starts sort of fitting a lot better. So I got two things to finish. I could preach on this for a long time, but I got two things. Number one, if you don't know Jesus, it's time to know him. And the best place to start is by asking him yourself. If you're uncomfortable with that, find a church that you've noticed, find a a Christian family member or friend or coworker and have them walk you through the process of asking Jesus to be a part of your life and to change your life. If you do know Jesus, Let's make sure that we remember what that actually means. To know Jesus is to have your worth unlocked. Jesus makes everything better. So your weaknesses become strength when Jesus is involved. Your struggles become future sources of strength when Jesus is involved. Jesus unlocks worth in every situation in our life, no matter if we are rich, no matter if we are poor. And so I hope you do something with this, this podcast, this word. Again, I could have preached on this for another 15 or 10 minutes, but there's enough here that I hope it challenges you to take action in your life, to realize that no matter what situation you find yourself in, that the path to your worth starts with Jesus and understanding that you are worthless by yourself. Next week, we will look at A Worthless Woman at the Well for part two of this series. So I will see you then. See you next time. Thanks for listening.